Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. How did I just forget our name? Hi, <laughs> Esther. Hi, Holly. I'm singing the, the, our Charmed theme song in my head. Time, 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 time. So we're now the, officially the Charmed Podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like probably an actual podcast. We're just probably. stealing their idea for our Patreon. Sorry. This morning, so this morning, Nathan woke up super, super early too because he's working on a work thing. So both of us were awake at like three thirty because oh. I had to watch Charmed and oh, right. he had to start working. And I don't know if this is something that you feel really nostalgic for, or if it's just the pandemic. So suddenly I'm feeling so nostalgic for it. You know, when you have to wake up so super early to like uh-huh. catch an early flight or whatever, and right. you're like trying to do all the normal things like shower, but it's like literally the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. It felt so fun. And oh, like, yeah. Like energizing. Like both of us were kind of jazzed. And uh-huh. I wake up at 3.30 most Wednesdays. Right, right. So like normally in a normal day when I wake up at 3.30 so I can watch Charmed and then we can record for the morning, I don't feel as jazzed because I'm like, yeah. oh, it's still really early. I need to get a cup of coffee. This morning it was like bringing back all of these feelings of like, going on a trip and like right. just being awake so early together. And it just felt so exciting. <laughs> oh, it was so weird. Cute. I didn't realize that was something that I was missing. Yeah. But you know, those like when you have a journey ahead of you and you have to wake up early and you're mm-hmm. just like, you're ready you to go and get on the road exciting. and you're ready to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, my husband and I, it we did so that great. probably like a month and a half ago. Like we were both just like awake, awake at like 4am. And I was like, you know what? I'm making breakfast. And so I like, I went to the convenience yeah. store, got some milk. We made pancakes and sausage from like convenience store food, which is actually pretty good here in South Korea. It's not like don't don't. I was gonna it, say really don't delicious. make it sound like it's an American Seven Eleven. No, no, no. Like- it's absolutely not American Seven Eleven. It's like very fresh stuff. Anyway, I made a full ass American breakfast. And I was very proud of myself, and I was like, look at look at my plate. And then I went back to sleep, and that was like amazing. Like you woke I, up, I got breakfast, that's went like to the sleep. beauty of it. Yeah, Yeah. I guess that's the beauty of it. Like, I won't be able to go back to sleep after this because I have to work. But I do love, love, love just like how I don't know. I don't want them all the time. But there was something so exciting about just being awake so early this morning. Yeah, I don't know. My brain is broken. I just want vacations again. I know. I know. I think we're all at that point of like vacations. I just want to like have to rush to the airport. I just want to like have that experience (laughs) of being between our house and LAX at three o'clock in the morning, like jamming to get to the airport to take a flight somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could like go through the motion. You could just like pile in the car, go drive to the airport and back and feel like semi accomplished. (laughs) If you really wanted to don't exit your car, obviously, but just kind of just drive around the loop and then come back out. Yeah. That that would be hilarious because it is a full hour and a half away from us. Even at three o'clock in the morning. Well, yeah. Well, and it used to be five hours. So you're set. You're saving lots of time. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Esther, when you came to visit us, you were like, wow, this is way farther away from LAX than we thought. Well, and and I saw Nathan was so cute when he was like, okay, you'll probably want to leave at this time because of this and this and this and this and this. And it was like very accurate, pretty accurate. We even got there, I think a little early based on his estimations or whatever. I was like, thank you very much, Nathan. You know, traffic patterns intimately. So he does. He does. He does. That is the geographer brain. He's like, I know traffic patterns. That is my thing. (laughs) I love it. But anyway, I just think that like maybe doing something that reminds us of the times where we used to get so energized to leave our house was just like really helpful for me. Yeah. (laughs) Like it made me feel really good. Makes you happy. (laughs) 
picking card of the day. Yes, you I'm are. So, I mean, not that getting up early to get to talk to you is not also energizing. Oh. It's just a different level. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I took a nap before recording because my I was de-energized so much. I was like, I need a nap. And and my husband walks in. He was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I just need like 30 minutes. I just need 30 minutes. And he like turned off all the lights in this part of the house. Oh, that's <laughs> he was like, sweet. I know. He's like, let's optimize this nap. And he, and he like blew a kiss at me. He didn't even come and give me a kiss. He was just like... And that's what he did. Okay. Well, this is the time of year where both of us usually get really sick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other than than uh, cherry blossom season for yes, you, which is for just me. terrible allergies. Like, usually February is when both of us get a cold. Yeah. So I think, and also just like, again, the living with the changing of the seasons means mm-hmm. it's fully winter. Like, yeah. we need to sleep more. Yes, yes. Hibernation. <laughs> Not only hydrate, yeah. hibernation. <laughs> Yeah, hydration and hibernation are the name of the game for February. That's for dang shit. Yes, I like that. We need to put that on a mug. <laughs> February, <laughs> hibernation and hyd... No, hydronation. Hydration. Hydration. Hydronation. Hydration and hibernation. There we go. It's just like so good. And actually, one of my favorite cards from the deck we're talking today, talking about today involves that too. So. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I feel like I need to ritualize a lot more. But anyway, yes. today's card for the episode is, uh, I guess I should select one. I am, of course, because I still haven't gotten around to shuffling my cards around. I am using Antique Anatomy, my baby. I know. It's it's, it's like a weekly record of like five weeks in a row, the, six I know. I know. I need to like reevaluate what's down here. Not that I mean that's the thing is that antique anatomy just works so well. Yeah. Why why try but, to change something when it works? Exactly. But I should use other decks too because I have so many of them and <laughs> yeah as well. Okay. Yeah, exactly. The card for today is the King of Swords. Ooh. Interesting. I know. Will be very intellectual and literal and thoughtful today. Or like those usual. Are, I'm like, those are aspirations. Is that what, is that what this is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a card about aspirations. Aspirations. Yeah. Okay. Aspirations. Sorry. Okay. So. Sorry. I was it's thinking okay. it's what Esther aspires to. It's an aspiration. I, oh, I thought I was thinking like ass as like aspiration, <laughs> like making oh. it a, a horrible pun. <laughs> We're all over the place. We are. <laughs> exactly why the King of Swords came out and was like, excuse me, please. Stop it. Yeah. Bit. Get it Intellectualism together, 2021, please. Okay. <laughs> So our first question of the episode is from Daniela, and she says, Hi, gals. I recently became a patron. Thank you for signing up for Patreon. We love you so much. And yes. you each pulled a card for me last week. You both pulled the same card, two remember? Ago. Oh, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Okay. Oops. Yeah. Okay. You both pulled the I same card two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's me. Double Devil Daniela. I must say, I was a little bit shocked because that is never a card I pull for myself. Then two days after listening to your card pulling for me, I pulled the devil as my card for the day as well. Again, shocked. So I was wondering if you could break this down for me. Like, where is the devil's energy coming up in my life? Yes. Where is the devil's energy coming up in my life right now? Is it a warning sign? Is it a piece of advice? Is it is it describing me right now? Should I do anything about that? If so, what? LOL, I'm sorry. It just seems like I'm kind of freaking out right now. I'm not. I'm just very curious, I guess. Anyway, will you please help me figure this out? 
Yes, Let's we will. Do it. We love the devil card. And in our book, which you can pre-order now through the link in our uh, show notes or our Instagram bio, uh, it's going to be on September. We are supposed to be saying that more specifically now, according to oh, the yes. publisher. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing all of the dropping of hints about stuff very unclear strategically about if it was something we could share or not right but now right. we found that we can so yes uh we actually have a really interesting chapter that esther wrote primarily um about the devil card in morgan greer and its association with the satanic panic of the 1980s and so that's something that we really care a lot about. We already talked about the devil a lot just, you know, on the podcast before about how it's like the sexy card and like right, right. shouldn't be as scary as it sometimes feels because a lot of our associations with it being evil come from like very specific attempts to make it feel evil rather right. than like an actual evilness. Right, right. <laughs> it comes from a very Western mindset, this like this concept of the devil and that there's an evil out to get us all the time. It's very Western yeah. ideal. So it's really interesting once you get out of sort of that like white tarot paradigm to find that there are different archetypes that the devil can encompass. And it's not actually right. like in you different don't... cultures, it's not like a devil. It's more of like a fluidity sort of like understanding that there's goods and bads in the world and it's your choice and your decision to on what side you kind of go with. So. Right. Right. But also like the devil being so inherently evil is something that is not like there are Satanists who do really, really good things in the world. Yeah. (laughs) I love Satanists. (laughs) Yeah. The church of Satan is like, a very specific sort of like anti-religion in uh, government organization. They do a lot of like trying to sue to prevent like sort of more restrictive ideas related to what's appropriate in Christianity under right. the guise of the church of Satan asking for religious like equality basically. So right. yeah, it's just like once you kind of can unleash the shackles of the idea of a Christian hell and a mm-hmm. Christian big, bad, evil Satan, you can see the nuances more easily Yeah, and have a little bit more fun with the card. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I, for me, any, most of the time, like we always joke on the podcast, like for me, it's always like the sexy card. Like, yeah, who, exactly. Who do you need to smash immediately? Or who do you not who need, do to, you smash need to smash immediately? Have you been watching old episodes of the Jersey shore? <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that my entire life and it just flew out of my mouth. <laughs> I couldn't help it. (laughs) All right. But I do think that Daniela's questions are really good, but maybe just starting with like, what is, what's the message that the devil card is trying to bring Danielle? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I'm using 420 tarot. Oh, fun. Yeah. What did you get? I got the three of swords and the hermit. I got the hermit too. Oh, interesting. That's twice that she's had us pull the same card. Daniela. Daniela, (laughs) what's going on? And then I also got the six of rods. So if you you got the three of swords and then I got the the six of rods and the hermit, I think that maybe the devil is asking you to sort of like look within your home um, and see if there's maybe something going on that you need to like spend some devoted time focusing on with that mm-hmm. hermit energy. Like, yeah. is there something 
that is feeling out of balance or sort of misplaced or a little bit like heart wrenching or frustrating or whatever. And then allowing yourself to spend like some time thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Cause of course, like three of swords is kind of almost to me, I'm getting like unresolved pain. Maybe it's something that you've kind of yeah. stuffed away for a little while. And now it's the time to kind of go inwards and deal with it. And it's something that perhaps in the past, like with the devil being like sort of like the primary card here it's something that you felt constricted by in the past or like that you yeah. couldn't address in the past and now it's time that you can address it where you're strong yeah. enough and you're able enough and you have that um the herm that hermit energy is more of like that peace to be able to yeah deal with it now where in the past it may have felt overwhelming and now like it may not feel like that yeah totally and then addressing that unresolved pain is something that will lead to feeling like more celebratory. Like yes. you can't get to the celebratory aspects of the six of wands without dealing with some of that like unaddressed pain. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that like with the hermit, it feels like something that you have to deal with on your own rather yes. than something that you need like community to participate in or family to right. participate in. And we both got the hermit. So yeah. it's like definitely something that you need to, deal with sort of like in solitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I think if we had both pulled like the hierophant, we would have said like definitely like counseling or yeah, mentor or something somebody. like that. Yeah, totally. This is definitely like something that you are capable of doing on your own. And if there is that help that's necessary with a therapist or counselor, definitely go after that. But this is something that you're capable of doing well, now. Yeah. So. so maybe we should say like, what's the first step you can take towards this almost okay. like to see yeah. sort of if there's additional like step-by-step -step advice. Okay. First step. What did you get? <laughs> I only pulled one. I pulled the seven of pentacles. Okay. I play, pull, I played, I pulled the page of swords and judgment. Okay. So seven with my pentacles. card, it would be like starting that work. It's not, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like the starting of that process and continuing to cultivate that ground. It, it's not like, it's not going to be something fast. That's going to right. change and I overnight. Think with the, yeah. And with the page of swords, it's something you have to be sort of like intentionally objective about, like be really mm -hmm. thoughtful, but objective. And then I feel like with judgment, it's kind of reminding you that like, it's important that you go through this process. Yeah. It's like a life changing it's like gonna sort of help, thing. Yeah. Like affirm sort of what your ultimate goals are to go through right. this process. So even though it's going to take a lot of work with that seven of pentacles, it still is going to be sort of something that you have to like, keep your eye on the prize almost about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exciting. Well, good luck, Daniela. If you I know. need additional insight, definitely submit another question. Cause this yeah. seems like probably a big thing. Yeah, definitely. Got yeah. a lot of majors. I know. Got a it's lot of majors. so wild that we pulled both pulled the devil for her and the hermit. And Those are both, both majors. Yeah, exactly. That's so wild. Yeah. Good luck, Daniela. Keep us updated. Yes, yes, yes. And our second question is from Maggie. And Maggie says, my husband has applied to go back to school in order to change his career. This will take our lives in a completely new direction as it will not only be a new career change, but it will also involve moving to a new location for school. And then again for a job later. 
I'm excited, but also a little trepidatious. Love that word. Will you please read cards for what energy is around this life change, what we should be considering that we haven't thought of yet, and what actions we can take to ensure that this new direction in our lives will be as fulfilling as we hope it will be. Dang, both questions today have really, really well-worded actual questions for us to answer. <laughs> maybe maybe they're our king of swords. Our listeners are the king of swords. <laughs> yeah, our listeners are the king of swords. Seriously, like their questions are so thought out. I know. All right, Maggie. Well, I don't really see any reason to change what the actual questions I know. are. Those are so great. Thank you for being our brain for us yeah. today. <laughs> So one of the things, I guess, just like for people who are always curious about how to write questions in effective ways, what makes these three questions from Maggie so effective is that it starts broad and then ends specific. And we've talked about that in terms of creating spreads before. You want to start with general energy and then end with an actionable step. And that's exactly what Maggie's done. She starts with energy surrounding it, and then she ends it with what steps to take to make sure it's positive. And that is the best way to get like a developmental and structured reading that leaves mm-hmm. you feeling empowered rather than like even more lost. Right. So good right. job, Maggie. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So, um, energy around this life change for Maggie. Oh, yeah. I was trying to find it in the, in the thing. Okay. Okay. Energy around the life change. That's fun. What did you get? I got the Knight of Wands. Okay. And I got the Six of Cups. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That we get it makes sense. Like there's like this sense of like kind of like loss of nostalgia. Like you're moving on from a place that you're that you've known to a different yeah. place that's unknown. And with the Knight of Wands, it's all so very fast, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. Which is still like Not even that, I mean, it is a quick decision, but it's also about like the kind of moving forward. So there's like the worry about the nostalgia part and like how things are going to change, but also the importance of like moving forward. It's just kind of what you're going through now. Like it feels like sad, but also exciting, like sort of stepping into the unknown way of like doing things and being Mm -hmm. in the world, but there's still that emotional component of like, we're leaving everything we know. <laughs> right, right. But you're going and ahead despite weird. that. You know, it's like you still have these feelings, like you said, of trepidation, a $10 word. Yeah. And, but you're still progressing forward no matter what's kind of Yeah, going on. exactly. And I think it's normal when you're about to start a change to have that like whimsy about what the past yeah, was like. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's the energy that's still there. has that, the energy still has that like night to kind of right. move forward. Yeah. Uh, what should you be considering that you haven't thought of yet? I like that question. I know. Same. Considering. Huh. Okay. Huh. I got the 10 of wands. What did you get? I got the queen of cups. Okay. I think the emotional toll it's going to take on you specifically, like Maggie specifically. Yeah. And like, because especially if it's something where you're not making the changes 
it feels like the changes are being made to like around you Mm -hmm. um, since it's for your husband's job and all of that stuff. I think that you'll feel like you're having to carry a lot of the weight of just like Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, being sort of like emotionally underprepared to handle all of the tasks that will fall onto your plate in some ways. Yeah. Like you're for the time being, it feels like you're going to be the one holding all of the wands essentially and right, exactly. bearing that burden kind of and being emotionally, I don't want to say unprepared for that, but anytime when you're the primary partner kind of bearing a burden, that's like, that's an un- uneven load in your relationship. Sometimes yeah. it can really feel like exhausting yeah. and emotionally like, like overwhelming. So rot. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Emotionally rot and overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then finally, what actions can they take to ensure that the direction of the will be positive and fulfilling? Probably knowing that you might feel like a little burdened by right. everything is a little burned really out emotionally start with that. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I pulled two. What did you get? I got the world and the empress. Oh, and I got strength. So we've got lots of major cards going. Yeah. <laughs> but are they all good yeah. major cards? That's yeah. that's good. Yeah. Super good major cards. This is like a really big opportunity to like kind of create the world that you want to create. Yes. Be the world you want a world. <laughs> the world in the world. Or you yes. wish to world in the world. <laughs> yes. Um, but I love that. So I think yeah. that like maybe to make sure that it stays positive. I mean, this is, it's hard to say because it feels so inequitable, like relationship wise to say like, you just have to be strong. You just have right. to deal with feeling this burden. But I think like acknowledging that the thing you haven't thought about is how exhausting it may feel for you will allow you to be strong and keep your eye on the bigger prize. The right. Like creation of this world that you're after. Yeah. Because not only do you have like the world, but you have like the manifestation card with the Empress. Like, like the yeah, Empress exactly. is the one that's creating that world that you're existing in essentially. And that you're yeah. picking and like fine, fine to what am I trying to say? Like you're specifically creating things in your world that are setting you up for success. So since you know that these burdens like with the queen of cups and the 10 of wands is there, you can do things beforehand to like preventative work almost. And that will help you in that keeping that energy with the empress and strength, like, you know, be the world you wish to roll the world, you know, be the strength, you wish to strengthen strength. You know, it's like, you know, (laughs) be the strength you wish to empress in the world is probably like literally what these cards are. Yeah. Yeah. Like be the strength you wish to empress in the world. And I, I mean, it's like, it's hard when you're going through changes and it's hard when there's so many unknowns. And I think that like, having a first step be saying, you know, I'm feeling nostalgic for how easy things were before mm-hmm. and I'm fearful of how stressful things may get right. will allow you to sort of like acknowledge those feelings so that you can work through them and move beyond them. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Well, that's exciting, Maggie. Good freaking luck. It's, I know. Change is scary. It is. But Good. Yeah. Change is scary, but good. It, it seems like a, you're you're heading towards a very good place for your family, for a fulfilling life. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good luck. Keep us updated. We yeah. mean it when we say that. We do. <laughs> As per Daniela. 
We like yeah, it when we get updates. We love hearing back. <laughs> All right. So uh, the only announcement is just going to be our perpetual announcement. We have a book coming out. It's called The History of Tarot Art. Uh, it's being released in September. You can pre-order it now. If you go to the link in our, um, Instagram pages, it directs you specifically to the publisher's website. So you have a bunch of different options about where to place pre-orders, including like international pre-orders in the UK and Australia, um, and also the U S and Canada. Uh, so definitely check that out. If you're thinking about it, we're so proud of this thing and we're so excited that we get to start talking about it more. Um, we're planning all sorts of really fun sort of like pre-order related giveaways and stuff like that that are going to be so cool. Yeah. So we're super excited about it. And I know that a lot of you already have pre-ordered and we just appreciate it so much. We we're do. We're so stoked about this. Yeah. Cause it helps with our numbers on Amazon with pre-orders. Cause it helps Amazon know how many books to purchase potentially. And it's right. just really important to get a pre-order in. So we had a meeting with the PR people, which is just like something that sounds so hilarious coming out of my mouth, but gosh, we had a meeting with the PR people for the publisher and it just really is like, Super interesting how much Amazon pre-orders make a difference. Yeah, you know, I know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're like, specifically oh. Amazon. Specifically. Right. And it makes me feel way better about all of the magnitude of decks that I pre-order all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Because I'm like, oh, I'm helping. Yeah. And we were given uh, the go-ahead to, like, post more, like, as far as, like, what we're working on or like images and things like that, because it was very like gr- much of a gray area. Like, Oh, can we kind of talk about this? Yeah. We and, didn't want to uh, do anything wrong. And now I we know. have more exactly. So ability our, to talk about stuff. Our person gave us the freedom to be able to talk more about that. So we'll be exactly. If you have any stuff. questions about it, definitely let us know. And oh, yeah. if you're somebody who's listening and you're like, Oh, I have a podcast. I have a blog. I have a, whatever. Let us know. Also, YouTube channel. Happy to talk we are to totally you about happy, it. happy to, talk about this book because we love yeah exactly it's a good book yeah so it's such a good book it's (laughs) such a good book all right so we don't have any new patreon supporters but if you would like to support us on patreon or even just do a once-off donation you can do that through our website there's links to both all right cool so this week we are talking about the book oh what's happening with my book the book the illustrated bestiary Guidance and Rituals from 36 Inspiring Animals by Maya Toll, who also wrote the illustrated Herbiary. Uh, and this is a really cool concept for a book and deck and that we, I don't think I've seen very much of. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to review it. But basically, it's primarily a really awesome book. Mm-hmm. And then in the back, there's a little envelope that has 36 cards that you have to sort of tear up yourself, which I think if you're not careful could be problematic. That reminds me of when I was a kid and you would get like um, the Carmen San Diego books or something and you would like pop out all the character cards in the back. Did you yeah. experience this? It's like nostalgic. Yeah, I loved that. I liked any book that had stuff like that in yeah. it. Like any yeah. book that had like cards or whatever, I was super into. Same. Uh, but yeah, I love books that have stuff like this. So I guess the only problem with this deck really is that once you've taken those cards out, you can't really put them back into the uh, right. envelope in the back very easily. I mean, you can, but it isn't as neat. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. something to think about. 
Um, but what they say about this book is people across cultures and through the centuries have felt a spiritual symbolic connection to animals and the illustrated bestiary bestiary author and spiritual wellness guide. Maya toll turns the insight and wisdom that birthed the illustrated herbiary, her best selling volume on the mystical power of plants, which I guess we probably should have reviewed before this, but whatever, <laughs> uh, to the animal kingdom. Through profiles highlighting 36 animals' most meaningful traits, Toll explores how those qualities can illuminate our habits, guide our intentions, and inform our actions. Spring Peeper's ability to reemerge from frozen hibernation can inspire us to reinvent ourselves. Katie Did's Five Eyes can lend clarity of vision when we need to see the bigger picture. Rituals and reflections guide readers in cultivating each animal's energy, while 36 oracle cards featuring art by Kate O'Hara further shape readers' meditations. From the humble house mouse to the magnificent elephant, this beautifully illustrated guide to animal spirits provides new ways of connecting with the creatures that walk, crawl, slither, swim, and fly. And before we go much further, this is a deck that I do not have, but Holly has. And so a lot of the experiential stuff holly will be the voice of exactly 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 um i bought this because i really liked herbiary and i don't usually work with animal spirits or animal guides or whatever but uh we have a lot of friends who do and we're super great at it cosmic creeper our friend t is like phenomenal Mm -hmm. at animal stuff i love um and i think that the strength in this book really comes down to how like extensive each page is, or each, mm-hmm. I guess, animal is. So um, where you can find it is basically anywhere books are sold. It was a mass market book. So you can yeah. find it basically anywhere. Um, the interesting thing that I think is really well done is that each card has obviously the image of the animal, the name of the animal, the meaning of the card, and then also the page number that you can find the information about, which both indicates the importance of using the book to its extent and mm-hmm. also really facilitates that. It's like yeah. super easy to get the most out of it. Um, I know that we've talked about that with Oracle decks before, where sometimes it can be like hard to find a good organizational structure for yes. stuff. And this is yeah. really, really well done. Yes. So each and every card has in the book has like a full page, full color, beautiful image of the card Then on the facing page, it has the name, both the common name and the Latin name. If it's an endangered animal, there's a little indicator on the top of the page that it's an endangered animal. It has like a globe to indicate that Um, it has the meaning. And then it also tells you kind of why this card was selected almost like basically lore surrounding that animal. Um, so for, we'll probably talk about this a little bit when we pull a card from the deck for ourselves. I'll go mm-hmm. through each of them then. Okay. But like for this one, I just randomly opened to the common Raven and it talks about some lore related to Ravens at the beginning. And then the second page is a ritual related to image to, uh, issues with the Raven. So the Ravens card, it means align your inner compass. Okay. Um, and it says, Deep in Raven's heart is an ancient secret, a memory as tattered as his feathers are after harrying hawks. Few alive remember that the raven used to be as white as freshly fallen snow. Having himself been through the subtle shifting of transformation and rebirth, Raven knows that the world is not quite, often not quite what it seems. In the blink of an eye, light becomes shadow and shadow shifts to light, and so Raven is not one for rules or morality. Raven knows that sometimes the only way to course correct is to step out of the box culture creates 
and align instead with your inner compass. What's the highest good? Asked this winged trickster. And what are you willing to sacrifice to bring it into the light? Oh. So it has like some sort of thoughtfulness about what the card means. And then the ritual that's associated with each of them is separate from the reflection page. So the Mm -hmm. following two pages for each has a ritual and then a reflection. So the ritual often goes into lore about specific regions and really respectful ways I've noticed, like using language appropriately and stuff like that. Okay. And the ritual is often an actual task rather than just like a writing Okay, that's nice. Sometimes it's sometimes it's a writing prompt, but sometimes it'll be like, here are things that you should be doing, which is also cool because it's kind of nice to have that directness with that's good. Yeah. So uh, there are three different owl cards, too. I don't know if you've (laughs) noticed that. No, three different types of owls. Oh, my God. Meanings, which I love. It's so fun. I did see like owls, but I didn't realize there were three. I just kind of thought they were the same card. No, there are three different (laughs) owls. The owls are the screech owl, the barn owl, and the little owl. And they all have different meanings. Okay. The screech owl is get creative. The barn owl is listen for spirit. And the little owl is key into wisdom. (laughs) There's also a human card. Oh, I've apparently not seen all the cards before because I already oh, picked no. my favorite. That's okay. I picked my favorites out anyway because I would probably not pick a human card. Sorry. It's a beast. The best no. theory. No, humans so why would suck. I pick humans? Sorry. No offense. Yeah. No exactly. offense to everyone listening. <laughs> other than dogs, I guess. Other than dogs and cats and other familiars. They're welcome. Humans. I almost... I almost said babies as though they're not also humans. <laughs> they're less aware of me saying that humans suck, I guess. They're not hu- they're not asshole humans yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we have to believe they're they have opportunity to be good. Okay, so what's the kind of vibe of the deck in addition to being animally? I feel like it's sort of Reminds me of stained glass sometimes. Yeah, it's a very vibrant and bright animal deck, but not in like a yeah. neon obnoxious way, in more of like a jewel tone sort of way, if that makes any sense. Like a, Yeah, totally. But it's more like it's just more bright and contrasty than most other, because most other animal decks are kind of more muted in tone when it comes to like more natural-ish. It's not saying this one's not natural, right. but there's like the, there's more of a saturation of color in this deck like you said stained glass and stuff like that so well and i think also part of that is that they're it's like the figure of the animal but they're not necessarily meant to be in like naturalistic scenes right like the, yeah. it's meant to highlight the animal itself so sometimes it'll be framed with things that are related to the animal or whatever but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily like you know I don't know, a bear in the forest. It's like a bear surrounded by moon cycles with like wavy sort of universal stuff surrounding it. And it just feels a little bit more like almost iconographic rather Mm -hmm. than like literal animals. Yeah. Which is yeah, cool. Well, because like the barn owl is like surrounded by candles, and there's like a anatomical heart behind it. Like, what? What right. is that ever like, going to be? A reasonable? barn animal is or a barn owl is <laughs> not probably going to be around that, that many ever. candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it seems a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think that vibrant is definitely the way to describe it, and I don't think that it's angular the way that stained glass is, but I think it's just like there's sort of a sense of light coming through it because yes. it is so sort of stylized and symmetrical and mm-hmm. like. Like, like I said, like, like iconographic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, level of readings it's appropriate for. So one of the things that I really like about this is that I can so easily see people who don't use cards for anything picking this up. Yeah. Like, oh, I like animals. I'll pick up the illustrated bestiary. And then the Oracle cards are like a bonus almost. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it could be just as valuable of a book without them. I really like the Oracle cards, obviously. Right. But I still think that people could really get something out of it, even if they have no Oracle card background whatsoever. Right. It seems like it's a book first and Oracle deck second, if that makes any sense. Right. Like most sometimes, most of the time with Oracle decks, it's more of like the cards first, the book second, and like, you know, it's secondary. This seems the opposite and kind of flipped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is really great for this book because the book does have so many cool components. I think that it's really neat to have a like actual ritual associated with all of them. And a lot of my favorite cards are my favorites because of the associated ritual. Like oh, I just okay. really like that yeah. component of it. Um, so when we talk about your favorite cards, we can talk about what their associated rituals are too. Cool. 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 Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll get to the favorite cards. I want to hear about yours. How many did you choose? Um, I chose like four. So me too. Okay. 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 Cool. So first is the silver otter. I think it's the silver otter. Slide yeah. into joy is that. And I just love otters and they're so, I that's mean, one of my evil too. and cute. Yeah. Sea otters seem more evil than river otters do. River otters are like maybe slightly less terrifying and like violent. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. This is river. Otter. Uh, it, is, it is river otter. Not yeah. Otters. So, so yeah. yeah. And this one is a river otter, which is nice. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorites too. I really, okay. really like it. So tell me the ritual about it. So I guess to describe it, it's two otters. They're under the sea. There's like, or they're in the water, I guess, not under the sea. Cause I think that <laughs> these are definitely river otters. Yes. But they're underwater. There's like water plants surrounding them, bubbles surrounding them. And then also like a rainbow, um, ribbon surrounding them. And like Astor said, the meaning is slide into joy. And, The ritual says happiness past and present. And then the ritual is human brains are wired for survival, for noticing the obstacle in our path so we can find our way around it, which means we often remember the rough stuff, but have to work more conscientiously to remember the good. I do not have that problem. I can't remember (laughs) bad stuff at all. You might be surprised at how much joy you're exper- you've experienced. Oh, God, this doesn't age well. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, age is great. It okay, ages okay, great. okay. You might, you might be surprised at how much joy you've experienced in the past year. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised, Maria Toll. Maria Toll. Maya. Maya Toll. You'd be Sorry. surprised, Maya Toll. Um, <laughs> the trick is to begin to recognize it. List at least 30 happy moments you are grateful for. Use your calendar to go month by month, remembering and noting achievements, reunions, lunches with friends, anything that made you smile. You're training your mind to recognize joy, and you might be surprised by how much you've had. To continue to notice joy in your daily life, keep a gratitude journal. Each evening, note at least two things that brought you joy over the course of the day. You don't have to create an entire journal entry. Just choose a few words to remind you of your own happiness. That's okay. And first then the I thought reflection. She was, oh, okay, c- continue. I was I was gonna say. No, I'd, go ahead. At first, I thought she was asking us to list all thirty things at once. I was like, "What? That's a really big How? ask." Yeah, that's 30? a lot of things. Well, <laughs> and I have something to say about that too because there's a happiness researcher at the school that I work at, um, whose name is Sonia Lubomirsky, and she wrote a book called The How of Happiness, mm-hmm. and uh, among others. But I read The How of Happiness because she was doing a lecture at UCR and. 
they one of the things that she did a lot of research using is gratitude journals. Right. Because everyone says, you know, gratitude helps you maintain happiness or whatever. But in her research, she found that doing it daily detracted from happiness because mm-hmm. it's so much pressure to right. every day come up with something that they were grateful for. So there's a sweet spot for gratitude journaling that is not every day. It's not once a week. It's three to four times a week. So basically like every other day jotting something down that you're grateful for is scientifically proven to increase your happiness. Yeah. So my, I think it's common to say doing it daily is like useful or whatever, but mm-hmm. it actually has not been shown to be useful to do every single day. So just kind of keep that in mind. So just a no pressure this gratitude is a journal. You plan on doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause what, I mean with me, once I start saying I'm going to do something every single day, that's like when, Suddenly I miss it for one day and I'm like, well, this week is a waste of time right, or whatever. Right. It's like a very dangerous cycle to let my brain into. Exactly. So the reflection for the river otter is sea otter is cousin to river otter, but her energy is different. While river otter is in constant motion, sea otter's motions are more leisurely. She spends a lot of time floating on her back. She'll groom her pup in this position, crack open muscles with a rock she keeps in a pouch under her arm, soak up a bit of sunshine and even sleep holding paws with other sea otters so they don't get separated. Yes, it's simply adorable. This is that motherfucking sea otter erasure. (laughs) Everyone thinks, oh, they're so cute. They keep a rock under their arm and they hold hands while they sleep. Yes, they are also violent. Yes, very violent. violent. (laughs) They will rip off your face if given the opportunity. And they're also rapists. I'm sorry. But anyway, people still love them because they're fucking adorable. Because they sleep on their backs, surrounded with kelp, and hold hands. And I'm from Monterey. That's like the iconic image <laughs> from my hometown is a goddamn adorable otter. And that's why I have so much rage about them. People just think that they're cute little fluffy bunnies, and they're not. Anyway, river, they're all, I mean, they're also fluffy bunnies, but they're also very, very scary. Holly's mind is wired for joy, but also hatred towards. Sea otters. sea otters. That's the only thing them. that she remembers. I just think you need to respect <laughs> them and stay away from them. <laughs> it's the stay only thing away from the you consistently remember. Like these are bad. <laughs> I know. They're, well, it's because it's like so much a char- part of my That's entire true. growing up is the sea otters. <laughs> but there's like even there's a national park that has um, that's kind of in this area where they used to do a lot of like I guess sea creature like skinning for fur. Okay. And there's like antique samples of a bunch of different hides of like a sea lion, a sea otter, a whatever seal, all uh-huh. of these different sorts of hides. And the otter, the sea otter hide is so insanely dense and soft. Like there's nothing you have ever touched. That's softer. Wow. It makes complete sense that people like basically hunted them to near extinction in central California because they are so soft. Like there's nothing softer in the world. Wow. So I think that that's like, like they are terrifying and also adorable and also really soft. They can be all of these things. I'm just saying (laughs) don't go near them because they will rip your face off. The problem is that in some areas, like in the Monterey Bay, you're not legally allowed to be with us within a certain number of feet of them. It's like a hundred feet, even if you're (gasps) kayaking. So if you're kayaking and one swims up to you, you (laughs) have to like (laughs) hold completely still. Yeah, exactly. Like stay completely away from it because you can be fined severely. Oh my gosh. For like messing with the otters. Oh my god! I, I know too much about the master. Anyway, 
River otters and sea otters are joyful creatures. Their differences teach us that, in, that any given energy has a full spectrum of expression. Sea otters express contented joy, while river otters have a more uh, electric way of being. Sea otters tend to conserve energies, while river otters spend it with abandon. All emotions and actions exist on a spectrum. And so the reflection is, what spectrums are you working with in your life? Are you cruising from anger to elation? Are you dealing in shades of contentment or discontent? Do you swing from jealousy to generosity? Understanding the spectrum helps you see your daily actions and emotions in the larger context of your life and helps you gain the perspective to resolve them. Okay. So I think that that's like one of the, so we, since we both have, we won't do this for every one of our favorite cards, right. but since we both have River Otter, it seemed appropriate, but you can see the difference between like the ritual, like an action mm-hmm. you should be taking. And then the right. thought exercise that also can be a journaling exercise. And not all of the rituals are so journaly. Like right. this one is specifically gratitude journaling. Um, but I think it's really cool that there's both like this thing that you can be doing more generally. And then also a specific thing you can be doing relating to the energy of that animal. Yeah. And you're also able to like, okay, well I know I can't keep a gratitude journal like every day or every other day relaxed. Let, well, let me see if I can do this instead. So you kind of pick and choose almost if you don't have that energy to do everything. Right. And I just think that that makes it really helpful as like a beginner way to look at using animal energy Mm -hmm. is like, not being like, oh, I need to know all of this. It's like, right. think about it, spend some time with it, and then you can kind of organically grow and understand stuff. And since the focus is on the book, that's what you're spending more time with rather than just the art on the card. Yes. Yeah, I like that. What's your next favorite card? Okay, next is Red Fox, which means shape shift. I just think it's a beautiful card because yeah. there's a beautiful, like, Full, well, you know, it's like a like in your face sort of red fox face that's bright yeah. orange and kind of reddish tones, and then half of it <laughs> is covered with I don't know if it's like a rose bush or just a bush with leaves on it, and so it's like really kind of like almost kind of like Red Riding Hood sort of story where you can oh like, that's fun where you could just kind of picture like the fox or the wolf kind of peeking from behind the bush area. And so I really like, it's just a beautiful, I love love foxes anyway. Oh, and this one has a more like magical ritual. I'm going to read it. I said we wouldn't do this, but I want to anyway. (laughs) It's okay. Okay. So the fox is shape shift and the ritual is called energetic camouflage. So Fox is at home slinking down a suburban street or running in the cornfields. She easily shape shifts her exterior to blend into her environment. And you can too. Energy follows intention, so begin reworking your energy signature by thinking about what's making you stand out from the background energetic pattern. Are you moving too fast or too slow? Are you being too loud or too quiet? Are you projecting meekness or confidence? To energetically camouflage yourself, you need to vibrate at the same frequency as the world around you, aligning energetically with your surroundings. Shapeshifting begins with changing your energy, then you'll change the way you move your body to align with the new energy. Focus on the energy you're projecting and shift it with intention. If you're moving too fast, consciously decide to slow down. If you're being too meek, consciously decide to project confidence. This simple shift begins your energetic camouflage. Deepen the illusion by feeling into the energy you've donned and letting your body move in sync with it. Play with energetic camouflage when you don't need it so you've mastered this ritual for the times when you do. Ooh, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Camouflage is really interesting way to phrase yeah. things. I also think that that comes really naturally to some people. So they like people who always feel at ease anywhere they go are sort of oh, yeah. naturally 
energetically camouflaging. So that's a really interesting concept of something that you can work on. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, is totally. this room, am I being too loud? Am I like matching the vibe of the space? And how can I adjust that is kind of yeah. a cool idea. Yeah. It's, it's also like, like not calling attention to yourself in certain situations, you know, kind of like, allowing someone else to speak and you just pick in that listenership role. Like what's the, yeah. that's also kind of like shifting your energy in that moment and kind of gauging the appropriate response essentially. So I think it's really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay. My next card is the black bear because how can you not love this gorgeous ass card? It's a beautiful I love, bear. One of my favorites is the black bear too. Cause it's like the stomach it's of the so black good. bear is like a night sky with some woods on it. And the black bear is surrounded by yeah. the moon phases with the purple background and some kind of like dreamy smoke around it. And it means sync with the cycles. I love that. So, so I'm going to read this one too, because it's another one that both of us selected. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But I really love this one. I do no, too. it's okay. It's yeah. Okay. okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we just Actually, like that's this. one of the reasons why I chose short questions for this is that I knew that we'd end up talking about the book about, a lot for yeah, the deck so. review because we have, I mean, it's just so well done, but it anyway, is. so black bear is sync with cycles. Like Esther says, and it says on a half moon night, watching black bear stretch on her hind legs to climb your back fence. You might think for a moment that you have a very human burglar about to break in. Like us humans, Black Bear can stand tall, a conduit between the earth and sky. Because of this, she is seen as our mirror self, our wild sister tapped into healing wisdom and lush instinct. Black Bear connects deeply with the part of your psyche that longs to burrow under the blankets for the entirety of winter and emerge blinking into the light with new projects clinging to your skirt like cubs. Don't fight the cycles and seasons. Black Bear teaches. Call on her to rediscover your rhythm and remember your wild. Ooh, I like that. Literally what we were just talking about. I know. That's so cool. Oh, I like that. I know. Remember your wild. The rituals follow the moon. And mm-hmm. it says, there is wisdom to be found in living in sync with the cycles of nature, even when, especially when you live in an urban environment. Black Bear reminds you to step into the cycles, letting their gentle flow shape your life. To honor Black Bear, begin to get in sync with the cycles of the moon. Start simply for one moon cycle, Note the phase of the moon. Note where it is in the sky, where it rises, and where it sets. During the next moon cycle, expand your practice. Add notes about your emotional and physical health as the moon moves through her phases. Are there certain times of the month when you're more easily joyous or more likely to be moved to tears? As you continue this practice over time, you'll begin to know your own patterns, the cycle you flow through and sync with the moon's movements. This offers a certain predictability, an ability to foretell your own future, through knowing the seasons of your psyche. An oracle is one who feels the pattern of time so deeply she can peer into the future. Black Bear can connect you to the earth and sky's pattern, but it's you who connects the practice that allows deepening into wisdom. Ooh, I like that. I love it. And that's like, honestly, where we, I mean, where I feel like I started the most with kind of understanding my own self was thinking Mm -hmm. about moon cycles and not just like what phase of the moon it is, but also where it is, you know, astrologically. Right. But also like I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. The last year and a half, I've been thinking about the cycle of the year so much that I didn't have the same level of seasonal like bummerness. Like right. I don't want to say depression because I know that that's not what it is, but oh, yeah. the same level of like 
ennui and like sadness that comes with the winter for me. I didn't right. experience, I haven't experienced for the last two years because I've been reprioritizing thinking this is part of the cycle versus how dark and freezing and sad right. it is right now. Right. It's like readjusting your focus, readjusting that frame of reference. It's, instead of being like, oh my gosh, it's winter time, everything's cold and dark. It's like, okay, there's now a kind of purpose behind it and it's necessary for the cycle to yeah. progress. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like if I want to celebrate spring and summer, I need to also celebrate winter, even if it's harder. Even if it sucks, And that's yes. what the reflection is about too. So the reflection says, as the nights get longer and the winter turns chill, Black Bear retreats into dreaming. There's no guilt, no anxiety, no sense that she should be living in any other way. Dark nights are for dreams and Black Bear knows this beyond all doubt. We humans, on the other hand, fight the long night. We turn on the <laughs> lights, throw parties, and deny the time of dreams. And then the reflection questions are, what happens if you give into your natural rhythm, allowing longer sleep to punctuate your winter nights? What if this slowing, this deepening, this subtle sorrow is the stuff of winter to be embraced and accepted? What happens if you invite Black Bear to come dream with you, bringing with her the deep healing of natural cycles? Hmm. I like that. I just love it so much. And the card is cool and the so beautiful. ritual and reflection are cool. It's just like so strong. So nice. I like it. And my last favorite card is black snake. And it's a, no surprise to anybody, but it's a snake <laughs> that it kind of actually looks like the, like, um, it's not, is it Hermes? Like medical symbol? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. It kind of looks like that, but it's made out of bones and feathers. And it's a snake kind of like wrapping intertwined around it or between it. And, but the snake isn't just black. It's like a rainbow of colors as it's shedding its skin. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. The shedded skin is all like rainbow. Yeah. And the card meaning is grow your truth. So. And the first page of it, I won't go through all of it because. Okay. I'm sure people are bored, but <laughs> <laughs> the first page says many moons ago in a garden far away, snakes slid up to Eve and said, you have a choice. While free will isn't evil. It is complex. It requires each of us to define our own moral center and know what we stand for. Without this knowledge, it's easy to steer off course or be misled by smooth talkers and slick ideas. We grow when we see through the rhetoric and acknowledge our own truth. Each true choice expands you until as you outgrow what you used to be, your past begins to bind and itch. I like that symbolism of the shedding. Yeah. It's really cool. Black snake slides in to remind you that growth requires release. She says, let go of what no longer serves. So you can continue to expand into your truest self. And this black snake. Is that what snakes are doing? Do they only shed when they're growing or is it just like a thing that has to happen? They, even if they're not like growing, like if they're just kind of like at the same weight, they still pretty much shed like three or four times a year. But for the most part, they do always shed, and it's for growth mainly. Okay. But I was going to say this black snake is a king snake, so it should be a black king snake, but we shall not be critical <laughs> of the labeling of the animals. So. <laughs> Esther just knows more about snakes than other people. Not everyone. I mean, you're not a freak. You just know a lot about snakes. I, I'm like, I just look at the heads, and I'm like, that's not a hog nose. That looks like a king snake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Cool. Well, then my, I also shared with you the black bear and the river otter. Those are right. two of my favorites, too. I had two other favorites. One of them is beaver. Okay. And beaver is really cool because it's like four beavers surrounding a circular dam that has within oh. the dam. There are 
crystals, candles, flowers, feathers, a little bowl. And so it really feel, and then the meaning is make manifest. And so there's some oh like the symbols of like what you would use for manifesting stuff is there. Uh-huh. And then there's like trees and water in the background and it just feels very like productive almost. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing is that beavers don't just sit around. They are executing things. Can I please show you? I Googled bestiary beaver. And these beavers are all from medieval art, and they have the biggest balls imaginable. I cannot tell you. Look at these balls on this beaver to the, in the corner Oh, here. my God. What? <laughs> Will you please send that to me? That's completely insane. Oh, my gosh. Oh, sorry. It's from the Middle Ages. So the, the, one of the reasons that I chose this card is the ritual specifically, because the ritual is setting up an altar, because that's the whole thing about this making oh. manifest as the meaning of the card. I love that. So the card ritual is creating a sacred space. So they she says, like, you can put an altar on top of the fridge or in a box under the bed. Don't get too precious about it. Use the mantle, a windowsill, a corner of your desk, or an old stump in the yard. You're declaring this is sacred space and make it sacred space. And then she talks about cleansing it and elemental symbols, which are all incorporated into the center of the card also. But I really like that as a ritual to remind yourself because like, I don't know, working from home has made my altar space really different because Mm -hmm. I used to have such a designated sacred space. And now the sacred space is like off to the side of where I'm working all day long. Right. Right. So it's a really helpful reminder to that. Like you don't have to have it be perfect and official to have it be a meaningful sacred space. Like you can do mm-hmm. that anywhere. It doesn't, yeah. if you need it to be moved, you can move it. And right. I really like that. Yeah. I mean, it could be in your car, like, you know, just a little bit of sacred space area in your car. If you wanted to, it's, it's, it's mobile. Yeah. It can be so I like that choose. sort of like permission that this card gives to just mm-hmm. do that. And it's also yeah. really cute because beavers are adorable and their little like dams are so freaking adorable. Too. They are adorable. Oh. And then this is not an adorable card, but it's my final favorite. And it is the Eastern oyster. <laughs> oh, yay. it is such a pretty card. It has all of the, like a bouquet of oysters growing from a seafloor. There's like flower petals, petals surrounding it. But again, there's all of this like, wavy lines with you know stones and sort of like sea detritus around it um and the meaning of it is deal with the dirt oh and the whole idea is that like life is messy and you have to be able to filter out the messiness stuff which is one of the reasons why i don't like eating oysters yeah because i'm like ugh, it's a filter feeder like that scares me who knows what's in there Um, but I still think that it is like such a, it's such a pretty card because I think that the oyster shells are really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then there's almost like a, like a Lotus flower effect in the background. Ooh, yeah. That is really pretty. Oh, wow. So it kind of turns this like not very glamorous animal into something that's really beautiful and interesting. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And for that, the ritual is also something that's like very action oriented. So the ritual involves like sort of light body cleansing. And obviously mm-hmm. we know that that's what the kidney is for. So we're not right. saying that like you have to do a massive cleanse. Right. But I yeah. liked the ritual because it's like in the water, drink eight ounces of, or in the morning, drink eight ounces of water mixed with a teaspoon of flax, chia or psyllium seed to support the bowel and 
aid in clearing toxins with the colon, which is like, yeah, okay, okay that's what our colon's for. So it's, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but then it's also like over the course of the day, drink at least 64 ounces. Water helps the kidneys and bladder excrete urine, which removes waste from the blood. That is actual yeah. science. Yes. That's what the kidney does. So, and also like being reminded to drink water is like a passion point of mine. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I love it. And then it talks about dry brushing your skin before a shower. And then the final body cleanse ritual is for five minutes in the evening, practice deep and conscious breathing to support healthy lung function. So it's like, it's not saying like you need to do major detoxes. It's like all these little things that you can do throughout your, your day to keep your body detoxing the way it should be. Yes. Like deep breathing Mm -hmm. And drinking water are not saying like, oh, and then once a month you need to only eat lemon and cayenne or whatever. Like it's actual good ritualistic sort of cleansing. And the idea of drinking water, not just for hydration, which we're talking about, you know, hydration and hibernation. Yeah. Name of the game. (laughs) It's hydration for remembering that that's how your body functions the most. Mm -hmm. Like, well, is if you're hydrated. Like it's not just... We're not just focused on being hydrated. Like there's a reason for hydration being so necessary. Right. I mean, like hydration goes back to like your skin quality. It goes back to how your yeah. mood is. It it matters so, so, so much. And hibernation's right there too. Like this is the, this is our new motto, Holly. Hydration, hibernation. Hibernation and hydration. Yeah, seriously. And then the reflection for it, I also think is really good because I've, I've heard this Taoist fable before, but I really mm-hmm. like it being included with the idea of toxicity. So there's an old Taoist fable that goes like this. A man comes to a monk and says, I'm new to this village. Will I be happy here? The monk asks, were you happy in your old village? The man says, oh, yes. And the monk replies, then you will be happy here. Hmm. Another man comes to the monk and asks the same question. I just moved here. Will I be happy in this village? Again, the monk asks, were you happy in your old village? The man replies, no. The monk pauses before saying, then I don't know that you'll be happy here. Our thoughts shape our experience of life. If you're constantly entertaining toxic thoughts, it's hard to be happy. Notice if you're comparing yourself to others, always feeling like you're not enough or you don't have enough, blaming other people for your troubles or spending your energy trying to change the people you love. Notice these types of thought patterns. Turn your toxic thoughts into pearls with a gratitude practice and then it directs to the river otter. So this tiptoes along that line of toxic positivity. Right. But I think that the reason that it's helpful is that the comparison stuff is something that is toxic and also you can work on. Right. So like if you're finding yourself thinking like comparing yourself to others, thinking negatively or jealously about friends, that's not really the same as saying like love and light only. Right. Exactly. Saying where are the toxic thought processes? Let's, transform those into something else. Is, right. I think that people could say it's part of the toxic positivity mm-hmm. culture, but at the same time, the downside of saying toxic positivity is toxic is not allowing yourself to say, but some behaviors and thought processes really are toxic right. and perhaps redirecting it into positivity is helpful. Right. <laughs> I th- I think there's a difference between like the love and light crew that like buries their head in the sand and it's like, I am being positive because if I'm not positive, then only then yeah. the bad things in life will come again, you know, come to me. 
That's like yeah, denial. Yeah, manifest bad things. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like exactly. based in denial. This is based in reality where it's like, okay, so I'm having comparative thoughts about other people on Instagram right now. And it's making me feel bad and making me feel less of a person, even though it's not accurate and it's not true. Let me transform that thought yeah. into something else, you know, whether it be like logging off for an hour, you know, not, you know, like hiding people for a while so you don't feel that competitive spirit and kind of like adjusting yourself. Or even saying like, what, like I'm having this problem with Instagram because I'm just like have, seeing literally no growth at all. I oh, haven't yeah. for months and months and months and months. So when my jealousy kicks in, I'm like, dang, I would love to be at 10,000 followers. Like it would be so nice to be able to have the swipe up. It feels like sort of symbolic of success in some ways, right. but also I do nothing to get me there. So like I have to redirect that jealousy of not growing mm -hmm. with some acknowledgement that I'm not doing anything to grow either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or even if I do, it'll be for like four days and then it'll stop. <laughs> like there's not right. consistent attempts to grow. So I have to turn that, that toxicity of jealousy into like, but also, if you want that, you have to change something about the way you're right. doing you, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and priorities are different at this time in your life that maybe not be something that you can achieve right now because it seems like people right. who don't have full-time jobs and work full-time can have that, you know, opportunity or time to be able to, like, manifest or those types of people who have, have Instagram as their full-time job. Yeah. Like, yeah. Instagram, like, I don't sell readings. I don't sell anything besides Wildly Tarot decks and now our book. Right. But like I, because of that, my priorities shift a lot. And so I have to remind myself of that, but that's still a good exercise in turning right. that like toxic feeling of jealousy mm -hmm. into kind of recognizing stuff in ways that is more healthy so that I don't project that onto people that I love. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. Cause it's, it's definitely something where it comes, becomes more internally, toxic than an externally toxic like with that toxicity it's only yeah. going to like hurt you more than anything else and it's just like adjusting your perspective and doing something about it exactly. or saying i can't do anything about it now so i'm not going to feel or guilty saying about I, that. yeah so i can't let my brain exactly exactly so yeah i just think i don't know i just think that this is a really effective deck i think it's cool all the yeah. prompts are super thoughtful and well-researched I don't really have any WTF cards, do you? I didn't see any other than, like, why the fuck so many owls? Because there are lots of birds out there. <laughs> but maybe they the, the author just has affinity for owls or something. Who knows? So <laughs> I think that that must be it. That has to be it. Yeah. All right. So would you like a card to represent your relationship with the deck? Yes, please. <laughs> Yay. I'm excited. I will provide you with one. Good. Hold on one second. Um... All right. I accidentally pulled two. That is the problem is that since you've like torn them apart, they have little ridges from where. Oh, the, yeah. Right. Uh, Perforated edges. So sometimes they stick together. Yeah. So Esther got two. She got the Asian elephant, which is honor lineage and okay. the orca, which is dive under the surface. Oh, those seem to kind of go together, honoring lineage and diving beneath the surface, kind of like a... Especially, like, immediately post-Lunar New Year. Yeah, very, <laughs> very true. <laughs> All right, and my relationship with the deck is... The Blue Damselfly, which Ooh. is like a firefly, and it says, commune with nature. 
You just need to go lay outside in the grass. That's what it's telling you to do. I know. I'm going to do that the minute that we're done here. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> Gotta go lay on the grass. It's <gasps> crucial. So exciting. So next week we are talking about murder of crows. Ooh, yes. I have that one. That one's going to be fun. Awesome. And then the week after, we're going to be doing a book. We're going to be talking about Tarot, No Questions Asked by Teresa Reed. Uh, But next week, we're doing Murder of Crows. And I'm excited about that. I have it sitting right here. I can't wait to dig in. It's super cool. Awesome. Well, that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a handy form with which to submit questions. Yes, and also tell your friend about us and rate and review us. It really helps us in the algorithm because we're still fighting with podcasts from like three years ago. So we'd really, really appreciate not yeah, to have battle podcasts that don't release new episodes. <laughs> exactly. It's like, why are you still here? Why are you still in our number one competition? Don't understand, but it helps us when you rate and review I us. I think it's because with when you think about tarot podcasts, a lot of people are thinking about learning tarot rather than like prolonged tarot. So anytime somebody starts reading tarot they go back to those but we still produce content i and we're know i know exactly so <laughs> we appreciate any reviews that you would throw our way preferably five stars, exactly uh even though like you know shilling for algorithm reasons feels weird it's just the nature <laughs> of the world it's the, uh, you can okay. also follow it's so weird you can <laughs> also so follow us on instagram at wildly tarot podcast or join our facebook community by searching wildly tarot podcast on facebook and you can also join our Discord. The link is in the show notes. And we also have a Redbubble shop where you can buy Be the World You Used to World of the World mugs and certifications. You need yeah, those certifications. Totally. Need them. To be a tarot reader, exactly. you absolutely from need certifications. Specifically from us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, go forth and tarot wildly. We love you so Yay, much. Yay, we love Yay! you so much. Hibernation, hydration, hibernation, hibernation. Hydration, hibernation, hydration. <laughs> <laughs>